Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting the show today. Well, it would be lovely to start one of these episodes on a really upbeat, kind of talking about a really impressive performance, character, but no, sadly this podcast is about Reading Football Club and they keep on delivering, i got to say, rubbish on the pitch. To help me talk through this latest uh, episode, I've got... Jonathan Lowe from Get Reading. Hi, Jonathan. Hello. Good evening. And I've also got Tom Canning, and he's going to be talking to us about non-league football. But he has spoken to Jose Gomez this season, and he's a kind of a follower of Reading Football Club. Hi, Tom. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Kind of. Everything good in my life, but Reading, not good. (laughs) Not good at all. Given the conversation we had before this podcast, I'm not sure why I asked, how are you doing? It's a redundant (laughs) conversation, really. It's kind of a... The podcast protocol, isn't it? Yes, yeah. That bit in the beginning, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so um, last night, um, it's hard to kind of know where to start with that performance because uh, it just everything collapsed from the moment John Swift got sent off. It just went quicker than a pack of cars that you've ever seen. It was abysmal, and the worst thing about it, as Jonathan has pointed out in his article today was we're used to it. This is not new. This is not a thing that you go, oh, wow, where's this come from? We don't understand it. It's just, again, three or four years of this. Jonathan, what did you make of last night? Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was a pretty uh, disastrous from from start to finish, I think. Um, and uh, say, like I said earlier, it's, it's, uh, it's no shock anymore. Um, I don't think the... The red cards really affected the end result too much. Um, uh, I know you said kind of it will collapse after that, but uh, I think in truth, kind of from the early stages, I mean, uh, George Puskas had that chance early on, didn't he? Which, uh, of course, Eddie, Eddie scored that, then uh, might have been a different story. But uh, Reading were all at sea defensively. Um, Fulham were, were very good. I think you've got to give, give them some credit as well. But, um, you know, the, that, that defending was... Uh, non-existent um, and it's something that we've seen last year, last couple of years and just shows no sign of uh, improving at all and um, I was thinking as well, you know, they've got uh, John O'Shea as, as first team coach I think he's he's got a little bit to answer for as well, he's obviously come in and, and I see him working with the with the centre-backs um, before the game and, and, and you know talking to them during the game Um you know, with all his, his vast experience now, you think uh, you know, he'd be able to kind of organise them into some sort of shape and, um, you know, get them to, to perform a little bit better than what they're doing. But um, no, I mean, they, they just were totally shot last night. Um, you know, a little bit better in the second half, but I think overall, uh, you know, Gomez was like, you know, they showed a bit of character and, and fight and spirit in the second half and, you know, they, they played better. But I think, in truth, Fulham just took their foot off the gas a bit and uh, probably let them play a bit better. So I don't think uh, uh, you can't really, there was no no positives from that night for Reading, apart from Yaku Mate's goal. That was, that was very good. <laughs> Yeah, the Yaku Mate goal was brilliant, wasn't it? Let's talk about this. That's the one positive, actually. <laughs> that goal was, if you put that in for goal of the season, you'd feel a little bit awkward because of the actual <laughs> kind of scenario. 4-0 down, 10 men, no chance. But the actual technical side of that goal was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. That's one of the best goals you've probably seen for a long time at Reading. 
Absolutely yeah. superb. And also with the new contract as well and the birth of his child, it's been a hell of a 24 hours for him, hasn't it, Jonathan? It's funny, because I, I was just doing my player ratings, as, as I do kind of um, during the game and certainly in the second half. And I was writing, you know, for, certainly for Mate, you know, what on earth had he done all game? He was uh, pretty much non-existent out on the right, didn't do much defensively. Um, I think I was about to give him a 2 out of 10 and then he puts that... Uh, into the top corner, I've got to bump up his score a little bit. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a great goal. He's he's shown he is capable of uh, of scoring um, some good goals, and you know, other times of the um, season, it has been some important goals as well. But uh, you know, he does have that lock, lock, that in his locker. He's, he does have the ability to to score goals, and, and uh, you know, you can't really say that about too many of the Reading players. Um, this season, so it's a, it's a nice little knack to have, but uh, unfortunately, last night it was uh, well, um, far too little, too late. I think you know, had it been you know three and even ten, fifteen minutes to go, there, there might have been a, a little bit of a fight back. But uh, of course, with that fourth, that comical fourth goal, which reminded me of um, was it Burton last year? Oh in, yes, uh, yeah. Back pass, it was pretty similar. Um, and, and I that's think you know, game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Even um, uh, you know, Raphael had a, had a well, despite the scoreline, he had a, a couple of really good saves at the start of the second half. Um, but even even with his clearance, it hit the hit the Fulham player, didn't it? And I haven't actually seen it back. But then he kind of sprinted out even further out of his goal and tried to shut down the the um, the players and and looked a bit ridiculous when the Kenny just dinked it in. I think he I think he maybe could have uh, gone back in his goal and. Maybe giving himself half a chance of saving it, but um, yeah, it was just a, a comical own goal and kind of summed up the evening, really. Yeah, it was, it was comical, the whole thing, wasn't it? Um, we could go through the John Swift red car, we could do all of that. We'll probably go through that in a little bit more detail. I was, was going to say, can I can I ask about the red card? Because I, I've seen I've seen it, and I'm led to believe that John Swift is quite a good player. I've seen him play a few times. He's quite good. He seems quite intelligent. Uh, he seems to know how to play football. Two yellow cards inside 20 minutes is just, and I've seen the foul, and it's just stupid. It's just utterly, utterly ridiculous. Why is he doing that? It's just, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I, some, I saw it was his first red card, first red card ever, I think. Um, yes. what, what, what a way to get, what a way to get it. Just, I just, you don't mind so much if, if he's, if he's working really hard and, 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 and like he's put in a tackle and he's got a bit unlucky, but that's just, completely reckless and stupid and he shouldn't you know he's he really he's really let his team down because whether as you said before Paul whether it would have made any difference or not I don't know but certainly getting sent off inside 20 minutes for two bookable offences is just absolutely ridiculous I can't disagree with any of that I'd say exactly the same it was total and utter madness I mean I thought personally seeing the first one that could have been a red card some days so to then kind of like put yourself in any risk at getting a red card yeah. almost immediately afterwards, not directly, but within very short space of time. Sort of suggests a little think... bit that perhaps he wasn't in the right frame of mind to play the yeah. game. I mean, I don't, won't pretend to know the guy, but someone like that to do something like that strikes me as, as perhaps someone should have pulled him aside and what's, you know, what's going on. It's just totally out of character for him. Mm. You're right, Tommy. You just don't see, I mean, a lot of Redden fans will say seeing John Swift make a tackle 
is a minor <laughs> so it's a little bit harsh because he does make some but he normally when he goes into a tackle he's protecting himself in fact they only said that on the podcast last week when he makes a tackle he's more worried about himself than getting the mm-hmm. ball sometimes he's a you know a creative midfielder that's not his strong yeah. point but I don't know what he was doing yesterday something must have affected him at yeah. some point because it was just not his way and it just killed the game and he's been one of our best players this season but but to do that and the players' reaction around him just yeah. must must bring you down straight away. I don't care what scenario you're in because we've been so poor to lose four of our five matches at home now. That is absolutely, it's just beyond terrible, isn't it? I, I, I can't see how Nigel Howe can really be happy with that scenario, having spent all the money that we spent. He put complete faith in... Jose Gomez got his whole coaching set up there. Everything is set up for him now. His whole format of play. We don't have any wingers at all, really, in the club that are established. So any manager that comes in is going to have to fit into that formation that he set mm. up and the possibilities. It was not impossible because that's modern football. But, yeah, but it, I, I just, it's a typical example, John Swift, of individual players not thinking about the team. And I think that backs up what Liam Moore said after the game, that individually we've got some good players, but we're not playing as a team on a consistent basis. And I I can't disagree with that. Um, Just so frustrating watching us. And I can't honestly sit here and say changing the manager is going to make everything magical because it just hasn't. We've all been here many times with watching Reading. We've had the Stan, we've had the Clement. We have the Clark. We've been through. I mean, I can't remember them all. We've had so many, probably off the top of my head. But it's just, it's just ridiculous. There's not. I mean, you see around the ground now. It's the Reading way. Well, what is the Reading way? Yeah, the Reading way is rotation of managers and everything now. So it is frustrating. But yeah, just thinking about it is bringing back mad memories. You can see that. In, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, in the last six and a half years, there's been six managers. And that's not to, not counting kind of the temporary managers as well. So, mm. um, you know, it shows that it's not the answer. Um, you know, obviously Gomez will go at some point and then the new manager will come in, have his own philosophy, bring in his own players, um, you know, get rid of the players he doesn't want. And it's a, it's a big overhaul and he'll want, you know, two or three transfer windows to get things right. And, uh, you know, we're back to square one. So, you know, I'm not. I'm not, I don't want to see the, the manager go, and, and I do think he needs more time. But, you know, there's a really good argument to, to say, uh, you know, thanks for your efforts, but uh, it's not working. doesn't look like it's working. Uh, we need a change. So um, I think moving on to Saturday, I think it's a, it's a massive game on, on uh, Bristol City. I think uh, they lose 5-0, then uh, it could well be curtains. But um, we go in hope. We go in hope. <laughs> it's not impossible that we could lose their 5-0, is it? It really is because no. City are a good team as well. But then look, you know, look at Swansea. They, they, they matched Swansea. They weren't uh, awful, but they weren't brilliant, and they they ground out a point. So um, <laughs> there's that little bit of you thinking. Just because a Reading fan, you're just holding on to any glimmer of positivity. I mean, in that in that golden week in August, <laughs> it seems like a whole lifetime yeah. ago now of picking up seven points in a way, and seven deserved points as well. They weren't lucky performances. But that Cardiff-West Brom-Huddersfield uh, match, that was just a complete and utter false dawn. And that had been one of the biggest ones we've had in a long time. So, 
I think we need to take a little bit of a break from the Reading FC world because <laughs> I think it's going to tip you <laughs> over the edge and move on until then. And we will go back to it after this, but we're going to have a chat about non-league day with Tom Cannon. So, Tom, tell us about it. Uh, okay, so um, non-league day uh, is on Saturday the 12th of October. It coincides with the international break, so there's no Premier League or Championship games. Uh, there are League One and League Two, but it's not really about that. It's about um, it's, it's a guy, I think it's a guy called James Doe, I believe, who started this thing 10 years ago. And it's just basically a campaign to get people who would normally go to a Premier League or a Championship game or go down the pub to watch a Premier League or Championship game on the telly to just go and find where their local club is and go and visit it. Um, Non-league football has had a bit of a resurgence, I would say, uh, in recent years. Um, and certainly... It's it's a sort of it's a campaign to get people to to go to their local club and and hopefully go again afterwards. Yeah, sounds. Like, I mean, I know for further loads of uh, Redden fans have gone to Maidenhead. Yes. In the last few years, and I can see why. I mean, they've been pretty successful, yeah. haven't they? Really. So. Yeah, they Maidenhead's rise up has been um, has been nothing short of of, of phenomenal. Really, um, they've had they, they've had just some, a couple of great years. I think I think they're in their third year now in the conference. Uh, and, and to be honest, they look like staying there. Uh, the results, would see, they had some great results at the start of the season. Um, I think they've just dipped a little bit at the moment, but they're, a, they're a effectively a part-time team in a, in a full-time league. So it's, it's going to be expected, but they, they just they keep on going on. And it's a great advert for that level of football, for lower league football in, in this area. OK, so which games do you think would be the kind of standout ones to go to? Um, so it kind of depends on what your sort of tolerance for for kind of going to watch football matches is. Do do you mind going to a park game? Do you want to go? Would you do you prefer going to a proper stadium? So it depends a little bit. I've got the fixtures in front of me. There's there's a few. There's, there's um I think I think the main one, the big one, probably probably be worth going to is Slough Town versus Billericay Town in the National League South, which is the division below Maidenhead. Um, Slough Town's Arbour Park is just it's a it's a brand new ground. It's an artificial pitch. Again, possibly depend, depends on how people feel about artificial surfaces. Um, from my point of view, they are they're excellent, um, especially when they're a bit damp. The, you know, the ball is spinning across. It's it's flat, and you get a really fast paced game of football. But not everybody tends to agree with me. Um, you know, Slough is it's a it's a modern ground. You can pay by card on the gate. You can all these sorts of things, and it's you know they've even got electronic scoreboard for heaven's sake in the corner so you know it's it's as it's as close to a to a sort of league ground as you could get being in non-league football in my opinion um that that's that's and billericay town there's a whole circus that comes with billericay town yes uh come, come, into, come into view as well so um slough are doing very well actually at the moment they've got a couple of local managers they're doing very very well this season they started really slowly but they've i think they've i think they've won their last eight games or, or certainly they're unbeaten in their last eight games or something like that. So they're doing very, very well. Um, the other one I wanted to highlight, just sort of next door, is Windsor versus Lydney Town. Um, Windsor, it's it's kind of, it's, so it's, it's a lot lower down. It's about three levels lower in the Hellenic League Premier. But Windsor's ground is 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 what you'd call a proper old non-league ground. It's, it's shabby. It's kind of corrugated uh, tin sheds and that kind of thing. But it's, but the pitch is absolutely fantastic. They've got um, beer from the local brewery on tap. It's it's kind of what you would just call a proper proper old football ground. Sounds uh, about Elm Park. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I've never actually went to Elm Park, but it, it is corrugated lines, roofs, and like yeah, proper parks. Yeah, it moss, sounds like a bit moss like everywhere. That. But, it, but the, you know, the pitch is absolutely superb. 
Um, you know, it, it's and there's a, there's a good atmosphere. They don't get the crowds they used to, unfortunately, but they, they were all very well supported side, and generally they do get quite a lot of people as well. Um, if we just pick a couple of others out, there's Sandhurst Town. That's a Sandhurst Town are at home to Hollyport in the County Cup. Sandhurst is a nice little ground quite close to the train station. Um, you've also got uh, Maidenhead Town, which is slightly different. This, you know, we're getting round down into the Thames Valley League now, but Thames Valley, sorry, Maidenhead Town play down at Bisham Abbey uh, in the old uh, England training complex. They play there. So that's that's one, that's a fun one to tick off if you if you can get down there. Um, and another one, just very quickly, uh, just have a quick look, what have we got? Um, it's Bracknell Town Reserves are playing at Largest Lane, another artificial surface, good uh, good sort of new new ground as well. And Eversley in California versus Godalming Town. That should be quite a good one as well. That's um that's kind of a bit out in the sticks, that one. So if you if you fancy going, there's a couple of good pubs around there. That's uh, that's quite a nice one to go to. And um, Eversley in California is the only ground I've ever been to where a match was called off because there was goose poo covering the pitch. So uh it's it's yeah. it, there's but there's there's some really good I think but I would imagine most of your listeners would probably be interested in Slavi uh, sorry, Slavi Billericki and Windsor v Lidney. Uh, both of those should be quite good games. Windsor have the uh, also have possibly one of the most interesting kits you'll ever see. So it's okay. uh, it's quite it's all, all round. It's, it's quite good. Yeah. Oh, it's a Union Jack, but in uh, red and green and white. It's uh, nice. Very nice. exciting. It's very exciting. <laughs> cool. Well, I definitely should get along to one of those matches then, if you can. Go on, Jonathan. Yeah. Go on. They the one. The new manager is Jamie O'Hara. Uh, Jamie O'Hara certainly plays for them or played for them. Um, they, they, uh, Glenn Tamplin was the manager, uh, was the was the the, uh, the chairman, and they they bring, like I say, they bring a whole circus with them. Really, I don't mean yeah. a literal circus, but just a sort of. Uh, uh, but it, it's it's just it's great fun, and the thing about sometimes going to some of these non-league clubs is that often you'll just it, it, just the atmosphere can be just very very different, and especially if you're going as a bit of a neutral, watching one of those games is. It's just it's very very different watching it watching a game as a neutral, and um, but but also the other thing is every every penny that you spend there goes to that club to enable that club to continue. And you know I'm not saying if you go to Reading you don't know where the money goes, up, but yeah, at, no, at, the no, end of, at the end of the day these clubs are all largely run by volunteers. Admittedly, a lot of the players will get paid, um, but at the same time you know they're they're there to to kind of the money goes in. And the money goes into the club to help the club continue running. So you can very much, very quickly feel a part of it, as I regularly end up doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can know lots of Reading fans. I was saying, gone to Maidenhead, yeah, and I can see it because you feel close to the action. You get involved. It's yeah. more compact, old-style football day out, as someone of my age, who's forty-something, would say. That's how it used <laughs> to be. And um, you know, if people like that and everything, I've never yeah. actually been. I would like to go to one. I can't go next weekend because I'm in Norfolk, but I would like to go and try one just to see because I hear so much about it being yeah. really good. And why not go along if you're a Reading fan to one of these matches and actually enjoy a day out in football? <laughs> no pressure. No thinking, oh, John Swift's going to do this again. Yeah. Or Rinomoto's going to let us down. Or Jow's going to miss. Or Puzzles yeah. are going to miss. Hey, cost us 25 million. It's like, no, they actually cost us 25p. <laughs> like... Yeah, if that, really. Um... Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a it's a bit of pressure off situation. I'll tell you what, Paul. Let's let's find the game uh, in the next few weeks or something. We'll we'll go along perhaps on a midweek when yeah. Reading aren't playing. Um, I, Reading City is always quite good fun. Um, it's it's a bit of an experience going down there. Down Scours um, Lane, isn't it? Yes, down Scours yeah, Lane. Yeah, I used to live near to that. Yeah, so yeah, uh, okay. Back in the always hood. 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> always a good experience. The pitch is uh, unbelievable there now. It's completely, it's completely yeah. different. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm definitely up for that. I have to get in contact and I will definitely do that. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks a lot, Tom. And, That's all right. Um, uh, hopefully, uh, some of you Redden fans will get in on that. And, uh, yes, on yeah, hopefully. 12th of October. Saturday, 12th of October, yes. Um, do you mind if I just plug my other podcast? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I run a website called Football in Berkshire. Some people may have heard of it. Some people may not. Uh, we recently launched a podcast of our own called Berkshire Football Stories. I'm really imaginative with these names of things. It's just a podcast kind of about the history of local football. Uh, we've talked to people such as Mark Ashwell, who is the president of Wokingham and Embrook. Um, we spoke to a long-term, long-serving Maidenhead United supporter last week. Um, we've got a guy from uh, Ascot United coming up. Also, uh, a couple of others coming up uh, uh, Neil Baker and John Underwood at Slough Town as well, who team we've just mentioned, they're coming up in the next week or so as well. Um, it's called Berkshire Football Stories, and it's on all good podcast apps. Cool, that is really good. Thanks for having you on, Tom, and I'm happy to uh, hear about your podcast. It's a good <laughs> world, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a it's a great world. It's a great world. Cheers, thanks a lot. So yeah, get along to that and uh, get back to us and let us know how that went for you because. Um, Anything but watching Redden FC at the moment has got to be enjoyable. <laughs> it really has. So getting back to the Reading chat with Jonathan. I was going to say, you, you probably set them up. You've gone, they'll go to a non-league game, it'll be a down-and-nil-nil draw. And like, oh, yeah, I accept no responsibility for any of that. And if you see an ex-Reading player in one of those games, in some weird way, I don't know how it oh. And they have an absolute stinker. Don't blame me. Well. Well, if it's if any consolation, I, I saw a game that was, there were seven goals in the game I saw on Monday night. And the other game on Monday night, there were nine goals. So, you know, it's oh. usually, there's usually plenty of goal math action. That is what I like to hear. Yeah. We're getting plenty of that in Medeski, actually, but at the wrong end. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cheers for having me on, guys. And no, I'll good speak to have soon. You on. Cheers. Cheers. So, yes. So, Reading FC, well, let's talk about more about the. Debacle of last night. Just in more detail, all those goals that we let in were just so poor defensively. The first one, Rinomoto's in the picture. You can see him, but he's not near enough to Craney. Mitrovic gets in between two for the second one. Moore and Morrison. I mean, I don't know how that happens. I mean, the cross, we can all see it coming. How are they so sloppy there, Morrison? I mean, his form for me, Morrison, has dropped off a little bit. Yes, yeah, I thought he, he had some really good games. Uh, what was it last uh, last month now and and uh, August? Um, and I think overall he's probably been uh, the best defender, um, best out of a bad bunch, really. Um, obviously, Miazga and um, McIntyre have had a few injuries, but uh, no, I've, I have been very impressed with Morrison um, since he's come into the team. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, last night I, I don't know, I don't know how you put a finger on it. It's uh, whether it was the instructions they're they're being sent out with, whether um, there's a communication problem on the field, um, but uh, you know it was just uh, something which uh, we've seen time and time again uh, for Reading. I, I know you've, you've highlighted it in the past the the amount of space that the uh, opponents have been in, um, you know, in and around the Reading box, and uh, they ruthlessly exploit it. And um, you know, Reading just have, don't have any answer to it, and you know they, they must look back at it on the the videos and, and the replays and analyze it to death probably at the training ground, but um, but they can't seem to find a solution to it. Um, you know, I'm sure that they, they go into to games with a plan to uh, to ensure it doesn't happen, but 
yeah, I, I, who knows? Who knows why it happens? There, those teams just freeze, uh, freeze when it really matters. They can't rise to the occasion, and um, you know, you're left with, you know, going, going two nil, three nil down in games, and uh, with a massive uphill battle, which they have absolutely no chance of uh, overcoming. So, um, you know, they, they shoot themselves in the foot and uh, just can't battle back. And no, it's, it's, it's a big worry. The mentality is the biggest issue, and not just to say, oh, I suddenly, you know, keep on saying all of this and that and that. Something needs to change there. Um, I don't know how that's going to change. I know that Dave Stevens, who's on the podcast, has mentioned uh, in his tweets about in the 106 season, they brought in this psychologist to help them with that mental side, and who knows how much of a part that played, but it definitely didn't do us any harm. Um, maybe I don't know whether that is actually happening in the coaching side because I'd have no idea but something at home we are particularly bad and it doesn't take so little for us to collapse so little just one shot and you can see the whole team gets nervous and that's because of the history of all the other teams before not just the players we've got now but I don't know maybe something like that and I'm just clutching at straws here I just don't know just something that can make a difference because away from home we're not abysmal we do okay. We've actually had some okay results, but at home it's just terrible. I mean, what do you think, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, I think um, mentally it's been a problem last sort of two or three years. Um, I think it's a it's an issue which hasn't gone away. Um, whether there is a quick fix, like getting um, getting a psychologist in, you know, I've kind of praised it at uh, times with various sort of players and. Um, and managers and you know they admit you know maybe it is a mental problem and you know they'll do their best to to, to um to overcome it but um i think from whether it is just uh something like that i think that, that will certainly help um whether that whether anyone's going to admit yes we got someone in and and, and that, that's why uh results uh might be picking up i i don't know i think you know they maybe they just don't want to admit it but um Maybe they don't need, you know, another pair of, of eyes kind of looking over the squad because, you know, the, the coaching staff is quite big and you know, Mark Bowen as well. And, um, you know, so you've got, I'm sure, lots of ideas being banded around and, and probably various conversations and probably arguments as well as to who's right and what what works best and what doesn't work best. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. I, um you know, clearly, I think that that is playing a part as well. It's it's causing individual errors. Um, it's causing um, you know confusion um, among the team itself when they are on the field, and um, they, they've just got to find a way to to overcome it. And um, you know, I don't think it's not a quick fix. It's it's got to be something that they've got to work on. I think probably from from top down uh, at the whole club because. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much it kind of it sort of goes down to the sort of sort of the younger levels, twenty threes and eighteens. But um, you look at the twenty threes; they've had some uh, pretty strange results this season. They they lost four nil on Stoke City. Um, when was it on on Monday? Was it, was it this week or last week? I don't know. But um, and they lost five four at Fulham. So clearly, there's a few issues there as well. Um, Obviously, not the same issues because there's, there's constant change in personnel with with the, with the team there. Um, but uh, you know, they, they they do have some players who who have played for the first team, and it's that case of you know losing that first goal and, and the confidence being shot and uh, just not being able to recover. So um, you know, I think it's it's a 
it's a big problem, not just facing the first team, but it's kind of ingrained in the club, unfortunately. Yeah, there does seem to be a fundamental issue there that changing managers, changing directors, changing owners even, it doesn't seem to make any difference. There's, I mean, I can't criticise the owners for what they've done. I don't think anyone can stand here and say they've done everything they could possibly do. I mean, as a manager, Jose Gomez is in a position that most running managers have not been in. He can't pull out the card that I haven't been given the backing because he has. I'm sure he didn't get every single player that he wanted, but he's been given a very fair deal of players, I would say. You can't say spending the money that he spent on the supposed quality. You think this is not a position we should be in. Um, not saying we should be at the top of the table because I don't think we should be. But it's not just the way, the fact that we're losing, it's the way that we're losing. We've just seen it for too long now. And that fourth goal from Liam Moore, um, I can't... Liam Moore is a person who I think most Reading fans like as a person. I don't think anyone will have anything negative to say about him at all because he's a really nice person, genuine, and he really cares about the fans and he tries to make the link. No more than for me for being on the podcast and Jonathan, you deal with him. But he's not been in good form this season. And I'm not saying he is the reason we're not doing well, because that would be stupid. There's 11 players on the pitch, and he's not the only one out of form. But what do you think of his form, Jonathan? Um, I think, yeah, I think he's he's been way short this season compared to, to previous seasons. Um, clearly, the, the constant change in formation, I don't think, is, is helping, um, even though kind of... Uh, from afar, you, you think kind of a centre back should be able to play either as a as a back four, or back three, or back five, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but clearly, that that little difference does um, does make a big difference, and uh, he's, he's clearly you know getting used to it. Um, he hasn't looked comfortable. Um, he's he hasn't kind of read the game. I don't think as well as he has done in the past. He's been caught out. His his pace is uh, his well, lack of pace has been been shown up. Um, you know, he's been dragged out of position, which which sort of leaves leaves gaps, uh, which uh, other teams have uh, exploited. So, um, yeah, again, I I, I think uh, it sort of comes back to to these these uh, changes uh, in the team in in personnel and formation. And I think um, I think I just wanted to raise the point that. I, Jose Gomez and his um, his way of getting point across to the players. Um, having now dealt with with Gomez the last what, what's he been here eight it's nine nine ten months now. Um, you know his English is fine and and um, you know he can get by absolutely perfectly. But there is a couple of times where I've I thought at the end of the conversation with him, um, it can be quite muddled. Okay. Whether that's coming across in uh, team talks or uh, the planning during the week, um, you know, you know, it's, it's a lot of, of things, and it's just getting that crystal clear message across. And perhaps that's not what's happening right now. Um, you know, as as anyone likes in uh, any organisation, they want clear leadership, they want clear direction, um, they want to know what they're doing. Um, that they want to keep it as, as simple as possible because then, then they can go out and do that task. Um, so possibly that there's something in there which, uh, which she's saying, you know, you, you play this position today and make sure you do this, make sure you do that. Um, and you're thinking, oh, I want to do one thing, but I've got to keep an eye on something else. And, and uh, you know, that sort of sends out a few mixed messages. And when you've got that, um, not just across the back, uh, back line, whether it's three, four, five, whatever, you've got... Um, messages across the uh, other 
other parts of the team as well and, and you you know you're thinking one person's doing this thing one person's doing another thing um and i think that's that's maybe creating some confusion and and you know i think that that, that might be a, a contributing factor to factor to um to, to why th things are not quite uh, going to plan at the moment yeah that would explain a lot wouldn't it because our performances are very confusing we do have some good ones they haven't all been terrible but then we've it happens in games i mean i saw comments after the match from uh, the players uh, saying that the manager says that we have to fight more now come on we saw these comments after the blackburn match exactly the same thing and we saw a very similar display against Blackburn but Fulham had the quality to completely capitalize on it also we had the setting off which you can't account for but if you're having to tell your players you have to fight more is that what you want to hear as a fan I know I don't want to hear that it's a basic basic thing that you should have as a team as you are one and you defend your team and that is where you start from that is your starting point i find it really infuriating that he has to keep on saying this because why are they not fighting i'm not saying they're going out there fighting in the john smith stupid way that achieves nothing by being being organized really and having a unit and a plan and from what you've just said jonathan if the messages are slightly confused and you're not quite sure an individual's where you should be on the pitch that's going to create that kind of lethargy that you're seeing on a weekly basis because nobody's quite sure. And yeah. it's so frustrating. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I think it is that because I, I, you know, I don't like to say you know, they're not putting any effort in because. No, I don't believe that. It's just the worry. Yeah. They, uh, you know, they, they want to play well. They want to win games um, and, and they fight their best. They, they show what they think is, is enough character um you know and they do their best for the team but um that there's there's something <laughs> certainly you know from afar you know it it looks as though they're not showing enough fight or whatever um manager keeps coming out and saying it um like you said that is the number one rule for any footballer to to at least you know get stuck in a bit um and you know i say it's, it's, you know, it's not just this season i say we, we've said past couple of seasons as well um there, I don't know why why they wouldn't be showing um, enough fight to you know to compete at, at championship level. You know it's, it's a good level. They're playing some some great clubs. It's a great league. You know the, there's some good quality in there, but um, they can't sort of just uh, mix it up and and really sort of come toe to toe with the sides which are you know not necessarily um spectacular in terms of sort of lots of fair players lots of having having lots of star studded players um come against come up against you know someone like Sheffield Wednesday a, a well organized outfit who um you know got seasoned championship pros who you know how to get the job done you know they 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 win the 50-50s they take the chances when they come to them and, and um you know they make those last ditch tackles and uh, for whatever reason, Reading are just uh, are just off the pace, um, certainly more often than not. Yeah, it's, I think if I was to sum up a word for Reading at the moment, to be complacent, and it has been for years, I think they just think they're going to stay in the championship. With doesn't matter what happens, somehow some magical event will occur, and we will still be in the championship fixture list next August. 
Um, as we speak and we're seeing it, we've had a worse start in 20 years, if you exclude the Premier League here. Obviously, I think you have to exclude that because that's a much tougher competition. Um, that's not good. That's not good. You can't put a positive spin on that. And after the match, Jose Gomez is putting a kind of positive take on the second half and how he's happy with it. I understand what he says to the press and what he says to the people listening on the radio, whichever way, is different to what he says when he's with the players. But coming out and trying to take a positive from the fact that we didn't lose the second half, when you're 3-0 down, you've lost four out of five home games, you're 21st in the table, you spent 15, 20 million pounds, you're dishing up rubbish. Um, I think, Josie, that's not going to go down very well. And he strikes me as an honest man, so I was very surprised he took that slant on that. It's just, yeah, it wasn't the right job for me. I think it's just. I'm afraid you, is this the, seems to be like the kind of stuff which you which you hear when uh, someone's time is uh, is possibly nearly up. Um, you know, comes out with stuff like this, and um, you know, we had quite a few weeks of. Um, you know, we didn't deserve to lose. We were still creating chances, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, unfortunately, you know, it's something we just we've heard it all before, and. Um, ultimately, it's what happens on the pitch. That's that's the shop window for the club, and uh, it's you're just not getting uh, getting results. So, um, yeah, there, there were some interesting comments. And, I mean, he's you know, he, again, I don't, you know, he says these things, and, and whether he he quite um, means what he says, um, you know, because there, there is that possible kind of language. You know, it's not barrier, but just the the, the way sort of points come across sometimes. Mm. Um, you know whether he, he he's I don't know whether he, how much he clearly thinks about what he says and what he wants to say, but maybe stuff comes out which maybe he 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 regrets. But um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that that was a bit surprising, and um, you know whether he'll continue to be sort of as open, uh, you know, in the next few weeks or so, or be a bit more guarded or. Uh, just play with a very straight bat. You know, he's he's very honest and says things how it is, which is which is what you want. Um, mm. You know, good to deal with. But uh, I say some of the things that he does come out with, it's it's not really what you want to hear as, as a supporter. I don't think. No, it was a bit Nigel Adkins last night. And yeah, I don't have anything. Yeah. yeah, I don't have anything against Nigel Adkins because he had a really a complete opposite situation to Jose Gomez. <laughs> he had a owner chaos. No one there. And he had yeah. to get us through that. And we still finished seventh in that season. Yeah. And uh, I remember yeah. that um, uh, pitch invasion. I didn't go on the pitch. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> but, um, that's what the people did. The playoffs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you were on there, Jonathan. You know, just let it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, I remember Mr. Positivity. But, uh, you know, it's, it's you know it's admirable. You, you do want to tr- try and find the, the positive uh, signs to to any game, to any performance, to any training session or whatever. Uh, but when you've com- been comprehensively beaten, um, and you know that uh, yes, you might have had a, a bit of the upper hand in, in the second half, and, and it might have been a, a draw. But uh, when when you know it in truth, you know it was the, the game was long gone by then, and the opposition had uh, taken their foot off the gas. It's uh, it's a bit clutching at straws, I think. Yeah, totally. Fulham were playing at fifty percent in the second half. They they weren't even really. They were trying. They didn't want to get any injuries or anything, but they didn't need to do anything because they had the game won. But I think it. I'm um, just uh, 
with Jesse Gomez, his last game could be, and I'm not saying it should be, but it could be against Bristol City on Saturday. That is a really tough match against a team that we have had some wins there recently. And we got a half-decent result there last season, which seems like a lifetime ago. Yako Mate getting an equaliser there. Um, just, no, he actually puts a front there and puts 1-0 up. And all the love for Jose Gomez. And not that long after that, we had Portugal Day. Oh, football is so fickle, isn't it? It's so fickle. It's just incredible. But, I mean, this is a man who has another job for maybe before he came to us. Maybe for 59 days or so, was it? So, he won't be surprised if he gets moved on. So, I, I can't see anything but a defeat there at Bristol City. Um, I want to be optimistic, but I'm going to say 3-0. What are you going to say, Jonathan? Um, I don't. I don't. Think, yes, I, I, I agree in terms of uh, all, all the signs point towards uh, an easy home victory. Um, I think we said we said the same uh, for this fixture last season. Um, I remember. I think uh, I can't remember where Bristol City finished last season, but uh, they were sort of top half, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, Reading were. Uh, you know, Reading was struggling at the bottom, and, and you thought, uh, yeah, it was going to be sort of another really sort of disappointing day, and, and they got a draw out of it. So um, I don't. Uh, I mean, I, I think it will be a defeat. I think it might be might be called kind of one nil, two one. I think it'll be a bit closer than than perhaps you're you're thinking. Um, again, you know, if somehow they can get the first goal, then then they've got half a chance. Um, However, uh, if they do concede first, um, then it's probably going to be um, a defeat. Uh, but then you look back at Swansea last weekend and, and think, you know, there's that little bit of hope if they can keep it to 1-0, then uh, all they need is, is one chance uh, and they might salvage a draw. So um, I imagine, you know, there'll be some good um, good following uh, in the away end. It's always a sort of a, a local a localish derby, isn't it? The M- M4 derby or uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, it's uh, our dearest one, isn't it? Really, um, in that that direction. Obviously, I know people listening will be thinking, no, there is Brentford and QPR. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's a nice little trip down there. And uh, um, yeah, I say, I mean, without Swift, uh, you, know, you, you think the, the, the chances, certainly with his record as well this season, uh, the chances are uh, e- even more remote, but um, you know, whoever replaces him, however they line up, um, you know, clearly we know that they've got they've got the ability. Um, uh, they pulled out a couple of results this season. Um, you know, I like to try and be as positive as as possible. Um, it is difficult, but. Um, you know, it's it's football. Um, you know, even if it, even a draw would, would, I think, represent some some achievement. And uh, you know, th- th- there is a chance that they will get that. Um, uh, I say I can't can't see a win at all. But uh, I think think a point would give them a little bit to to build on um, and show that, that they've got a little bit of character to, to come back from uh, last night's horror show. Yeah, no, I said earlier, away from home, home, away from home, we've actually uh, a little bit better form. Um, it's a kind of, yeah, I hope you're right. I hope we do get something. I hope we win. I want to be totally wrong. It's just, um, we had a little kind of little bit of hope of fight against Swansea City. And then we dish up what we saw last night against Fulham. It's kind of, you just don't know what's coming, do you, in one match. But I said, we saw the Cardiff match and then you never know. We might just dish up that. We might suddenly yeah. just say, oh, that's yeah. back again. 
on the um, Swift missing out, I would definitely bring Pele in just because we need some more kind of defensive-minded player in there. Swift and Ajari yeah. just isn't working together. It's too open at the moment, way too open. Yeah, I was thinking today actually about what what, what sort of formation that, that Gomez would play in, and I think I would probably go 4-2-3-1 and have Rinomota and Pele as those two central midfielders and, and Ajari as the number 10. Um you know, I I I, uh, I like Ijari and Swift, and you know we've seen in the past on their day that they're, they're the two best players in the team. Um, but uh, how he's going to replace uh, Swift, I think, yeah, I mean Pele is the the logical option to come in. They haven't really got too many options. I think you know even Michael Elise chuck chuck him in as uh, play him alongside uh, sort of Ijari as sort of a, attacking two central midfielders. Uh, I, I can't see him doing it, but. You never know. It might uh, might be kind of a sort of last resort, and uh, you know, chuck him in and see what happens. It's sort of a, a low risk um, uh, sort of gamble, if you like. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, say bring Pele in. He, he's had a couple of games out now, and, and uh, he'll be fresh. Um, I still don't, uh, still not totally convinced by by him, to be honest. Um, I'm a huge fan of Rinomoto and I, I think he's even I think he, he was on maybe a couple of mistakes last night but I still think he's he's head and shoulders above most of the players in, in that Reading team um, I think he, he should always be starting and, and perhaps you know have, have Pele inside um, beside him as well and uh, you know let the attacking players do their thing yeah attacking players we go on to Puskas and uh, the situation um Puskas in the first half, I thought, was pretty poor, uh, definitely. Uh, second half, he picked up. And in when a team is actually down to 10 men and they've got nothing really going in that game, I think that's a good character show from him, definitely. And I think he's actually his touch improved. But I am getting pretty sick of seeing him hit shots over the bar. <laughs> I've seen this a lot now. Um, if he was playing rugby there for London Irish, he'd be having a fantastic season. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's a no. smaller area you need to hit. Um, I'm being quite flippant there. I mean, I think he, I think he's one of those players. As I said uh, last week on the podcast, I think once he gets a couple of goals, I think he calmed down. I think there is something there. And what's happened now? He's not relaxed in front of goal, and he's just striking the ball too hard just to get it away and on target. At least that's what I'm hoping, because if that's what he can do at his best, that's oh, that's a major worry. Um, I would play him up front instead of Jar. Would you go with that, Jonathan? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think, uh, you know, he just needs one to go in off his backside, doesn't he? Or he needs to have a penalty and, uh, you know, something like that. Um, like you said, he, he's missed some, some big chances um, for Reading already this season. He, he You know, he really needs to... Um, but pay the club back for for that because um, I mean a couple of them were were really costly. Um, you, know, you think about that one. I think at the end of the first half against Charlton, if when he was through on goal, uh, and of course you know the, the one where he could have got a hat trick against Cardiff, he, he missed that one as well. So uh, that against wasn't... Middles, one against um, um, one on Saturday against Swansea. I don't know yes. how he didn't get that on target. That was just incredible miss. The one up at Hull when he clipped the top of the bar from about uh, six yards out as well. So, um, yeah, like you said, I think I think he, he, he definitely has something about him. Um, didn't think he wasn't atrocious last night. Uh, he kind of he was full of running, and um, yeah, even in the second half when the the game was long gone, he he, 
he, he did uh, put in a bit of effort, which was uh, something. But um, I think he he offers more than uh, more than Zhao. Um, Zhao, I, I was warned by the the Sheffield Wednesday report at the start of the season when they when the two teams played in Medeski that uh, you know when he's on form he's uh, he's he's red hot, but. Uh, more often than not, he's uh, he's quite lazy, and um, you know you just don't see anything from him. So, uh, and I think that that's kind of what what Reading fans have uh, have seen in the, in the past couple of games when when he has played. So, um, you know whether ultimately those uh, those two will, will form a good partnership. I, I think I guess we will hope so because they are the two marquee signings from the summer. Um, obviously, played good money for them and. Whether they can work together, not too sure. I mean, they are sort of slightly different players, uh, so you'd like to think that uh, maybe they can. Uh, but I think certainly Puskas, for his goal-scoring ability, you need to play him as much as possible. And um, obviously Gomez called him out after the Charlton game and, and said uh, he wasn't best pleased. Whether maybe that affected his confidence or his relationship with the manager as well, that's, that's again, something to think about. Um, but now he's been given a run of games and... and yeah, we just still hope that uh, somehow he can we couldn't do his form from earlier in the season and um, say just have either a lucky break or just score a great goal and uh, go on this uh, goal scoring run, which uh, which will fire the team up the table. We hope so. We hope so. We hope that happens because I'd much rather. I'm sure you as well. Much rather be reporting on constant wins or good performances at least than rather well, than. Uh... I mean, Reading have been crying out for a goal scorer for. For years, really, I guess, probably since Adam Lafondre, isn't it? That I mean, they've kind yeah. of had that good season. I suppose we had a brief little spell, with Glenn Murray. Yes, that's, that's yeah. I mean, yeah, the amount of times we've had a goal scorer who's left in January and he's still been top goal scorer, um, as tells you a lot, doesn't it? But you're right, Adam Lafondre is the one, isn't it? He's the last one that we'd say if there was a chance in the box, we'd feel pretty confident he's going to get it in the goal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They, they missed their fair share of chances as well, but they also yeah. um, get a lot. And, and you know, not even sort of 20, 25 goals, it would be sort of 10, 15. But, but you know, that's, that's enough to to at least you know get get the team competing. Um, you know, the right end of the league. So um, now they've got it. They've they've just got to make the most of him. And, and uh, I think even if they you know they're on a, a run where they're not scoring goals, you you've just got to persevere and uh, um, you got to back them. Um, and, uh, It'll come good. Yeah, if Adam Lafondra had those chances, which Puskas has had this season, I think he'd have about five or six goals by now. Yes, I think he yeah. would, yeah. <laughs> Australia, but, yeah. He'd, uh, he'd enjoy coming back here, I reckon. Yeah, he'd probably be back in from Australia, see how he does. <laughs> but yeah, thanks a lot for listening. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we can get him back. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to live in Australia when you can live... In Whitley. I mean, who would not? Who would swap that? Who would swap it? Especially with the rain on tonight. Yeah, why, why not? To, yeah. uh, want to get away from sunny Australia. It's probably too hot there. And uh, yeah, come to uh, good old England. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be a really big choice, but I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. And he's probably too old now, anyway. Well, would he be any worse? Probably not. So thanks a lot to uh, everyone who's listening. Also, a big thanks to uh, Blue Collar Street Food, who uh, support the uh, podcast. And uh, hopefully we're back on Sunday. I won't be doing it on Sunday because uh, it's my birthday on Sunday and I will be too drunk from the night before. So Alex will be doing it, Alex Everson. And uh, yeah, if he gets to talk about a loss, enjoy it. I've had quite a lot of them. <laughs> OK, then. Thanks a lot. Bye.